Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Sports Today with Francis and Chris. I am Francis, and it's just me for today, but I have a lot to talk to you about in the NFL and the MLB. So this is going to be a two-in-one episode, but don't worry. If you just want to listen to the NFL or if you just want to listen to the MLB, I'm going to just leave a timestamp in the description. So you can just click and uh, scroll over to that part of the show and listen to what you want to listen to. But without further ado, I have to break down the biggest news of the day yesterday. And that was, of course, Deshaun Watson. Going from the Texans all the way to Cleveland to play for the Cleveland Browns in a big deal that nobody saw coming, especially after the Cleveland Browns were reportedly told that Deshaun Watson was not going there. But that suddenly changed when he was offered a five-year, $230 million guaranteed contract, which makes it the most guaranteed money ever in the NFL, surpassing Aaron Rodgers' $150 million contract, meaning that <laughs> this guaranteed contract made history by $80 million. And that is all for Deshaun Watson after he was a cleared may not be the best word to say, but, uh, you know, he wasn't criminally prosecuted. Uh, those charges were dropped, but he still has a civil suit to face with uh, over 20 women alleging of sexual assault. We don't know how that's going to go just yet. What we do know is that he most likely will face a suspension from the league. Four to six games is what most uh, reports are saying, but that remains to be seen. On that, while we're on the topic, his base salary for this next season is going to be a million dollars, meaning for the games that he misses, he's only going to lose approximately $55,555 per game. So after that big extension, that big money that he got off that trade, it is not going to matter at all, economically at least. Uh, But Deshaun Watson is now a Brown. Makes you wonder what's going to happen to Baker Mayfield. But before we get into that, let's break down this trade. So along with Deshaun Watson came a fifth rounder in 2024. But the Cleveland Browns gave out three first rounders, a third rounder, and a fourth round pick for Deshaun Watson. So he's now a Cleveland Brown, meaning Baker Mayfield is most likely out of the door. And it is so awkward how this went, uh, uh, in case you guys missed it. After the Browns were reportedly told they were out of the running for Deshaun Watson and that it was only between Atlanta Falcons, Deshaun Watson is an Atlanta native, and the New Orleans Saints, the Browns were left in an awkward position because they had just uh, shown the world that they wanted to move on from Baker Mayfield. And of course, they were originally told no. So Baker was left with his feelings hurt because his team didn't want him anymore. And you can see why he's been declining after his breakout season. And obviously, OBJ didn't want to play with them. Jarvis Landry got cut because he didn't want to play with the team anymore. Austin Hooper is now a Tennessee Titan, uh, signing that one-year, $6 million contract with them. So uh, it seems like players didn't want to play with Baker anymore. They probably didn't trust him in being the leader for this team that they need. But somebody who may have trusted him is Amari Cooper. And that's who the Browns traded for with the Cowboys sending a fifth-rounder and a sixth-rounder to receive the all-pro wide receiver. This is going to be a very interesting combination now in Cleveland, having uh, Deshaun Watson throw to Amari Cooper and having David Njoku still on the team and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb running the ground game. 
it, this is going to be an exciting team to watch, man. Maybe you can argue even more exciting than when OBJ and Jarvis were on the team with uh, Baker Mayfield. So now we're wondering where Baker's going because they they got money to spend, but apparently nobody wants to go to Indiana. And they, they just got rid of Carson Wentz after his disappointing season with them. He's now a Washington commander. So uh, Baker, uh, you know, Seattle just lost their quarterback and Russell Wilson. He got sent to the Denver Broncos, and that was the first big piece to land. You better believe it. Along with uh, Russell Wilson, they got Randy Gregory, which was also a weird circumstance. It was reported that he was returning as a Cowboy, and then that fell through, and now he's a Bronco himself. Pair Russell Wilson with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, and there might be something exciting brewing in Denver. That would be the case if they didn't play in the AFC West with teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, who also... uh, Strengthened their arsenal, signing Juju Smith-Schuster yesterday as well to a one-year $10.75 million deal. Another target for Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to, along with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCall Harvin, Josh Gordon, Clyde Edwards-Solaire. The only player that they've lost so far is Byron Pringle, who is now going to be a Chicago Bear. Good luck with that. (laughs) But yeah. This AFC is just getting stronger by the by the seasons it goes. Um, you got Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. You got now Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Lamar Jackson is still in Baltimore, though. We have yet to see the best of Lamar in the postseason. Maybe this is the year, but it just got a lot more difficult. You still have Josh Allen in Buffalo and Mac Jones, an up-and-coming quarterback in New England. Maybe the biggest non-quarterback move was Devontae Adams going to Las Vegas, teaming up with one of his best buddies in Derek Carr and joining an already loaded squad with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the league, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake to run right behind them. They also picked up Chandler Jones from the Arizona Cardinals and they re-signed Max Crosby. It's just, man, AFC is loaded. And you would think if you're an NFC fan, you'd be excited for your team if it wasn't for Tampa Bay bringing back Tom Brady just two months after announcing his retirement. Aaron Rodgers signing that big contract to stay in Green Bay. That was before Devontae made his decision uh, not to play under the franchise tag with the team. He had made it clear he didn't want to play with the tag, but uh, you know now he's a, a Las Vegas Raiders, and all they had to give up was a first and second rounder. Seems to be a bargain for probably the best wide receiver in the game right now. Devontae got a five-year, $142.5 million contract to play with them. That's a, that's just going to make the league even more fun to watch, man. But obviously, Deshaun Watson is the biggest domino to fall in the quarterback field, that, that is. And there's still to, a lot to be said about what's going on with him. Again, he's going to most likely face a suspension. That's left for Cleveland to resolve there. Today, actually, today's Saturday, they uh, are signing quarterback Jacoby Brissett to a one-year deal to be Deshaun's backup. <laughs> they just added two new quarterbacks in two days, and Jacoby is going to be a more than capable quarterback to hold the front while Deshaun is suspended from the league. So that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. And again, Baker still doesn't have a home. He can no longer live in the stadium as those progressive commercials show. 
But that's going to be interesting where it is that he decides to go on. An extension that a lot of people were keeping an eye out is uh, Matthew Stafford, and he got his deal today, a four-year, $160 million uh, deal, $135 million of which is guaranteed. So that's a big deal for L.A. They also picked up Allen Robinson, uh, a wide receiver that I've been wanting for years to come to New York, and L.A. just seems to get him. OBJ is hurt for now still with that injury he suffered in the Super Bowl. So that's going to be a key addition. And they actually, Robert Woods is going to be a Tennessee Titan now as well. Um, now that uh, with the addition of Allen Robinson and already having OBJ and Cooper Cup over there. And he's going to be replacing Julio Jones, who they cut ties with earlier in the week. A New York Jets, New York Giants, who both need wide receivers. Julio Jones would be a perfect pickup, just saying. But now we move on to the MLB because it's just as exciting this time of year, especially after the lockout. We have MLB free agency and the NFL free agency at the same time. It is just best for business right now in the sports world, and it is exciting to watch. Obviously, the biggest piece probably this uh, offseason was Freddie Freeman. Where is he going to land? Is he going back to Atlanta or not? But the Braves saw that issue for him signing Matt Olsen to an eight-year, $168 million contract, making it clear that they were ready to move on from Freddie, even if he wasn't ready to move on himself. It's kind of heartbreaking the way that he found out. Apparently, he he only knew of this happening once everybody else knew, once it was uh, officially announced. So that's a little sad, but... Freddie Freeman, I almost don't feel bad for him because he didn't come to New York. He's going to be an L.A. Dodger now. Six-year, $162 million deal to go over there. He's an L.A. native, so you can kind of understand the move. But the rest of the league has to watch out, man. This is probably the most loaded squad, in not just this year, but in the history of baseball. One through eight, one through nine, you can even say, all of these players can hit and hit for contact. And... That's something that I wish the Yankees could say for themselves, but we'll get onto that soon. He joins the team with Will Smith and Max Muncie, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, AJ Pollock, and Chris Taylor. And pitchers with Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw still going strong. Man, this, this just makes it very clear that the Dodgers are the team to beat for next year. And that it just made it that much harder for the rest of the league to catch up. But the reason I bring up the Yankees is because they also made moves themselves, but to a much lesser extent. Uh, and that would be picking up Josh Donaldson, who is 36 years old, along with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa from the Minnesota Twins in exchange for Gio Urshela, which broke my heart, and uh, Gary Sanchez, which did that too, but to a lesser extent. Um the reason I was most frustrated with this move isn't because of the addition of Josh Donaldson. It's the fact that he's 36 years old. And Freddie Freeman, who was 32 years old, uh, a lot of people were saying that the reason the Yankees weren't going to go hard for him is because he's getting old and he wants a large contract. He got a six-year deal. He was probably going to play until he's 38. So that's my problem with me. But then again... Um, he did choose to go to L.A. That That's what's apparently being reported. It's not that the Yankees didn't go hard. It's just that he decided to go to L.A. over New York. And, yeah, we're going to have to destroy L.A. this year. 
if we see them in the World Series, it's on site. Until then, the Yankees got rid of Gio Urshela, and that hurt me a lot because he's such a great player, man. He's such a professional. He's a great glove to have on the field, and he has an amazing attitude to play in New York, a place that can get really hectic. I'm sure a lot of you know. He had a, the right attitude, man, and, it, and it's kind of sad, but he'll probably benefit from this move. He'll be more in the spotlight, not having to play under Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And Gary Sanchez goes with him, too. And Gary divided the fan base, man. You either love them or you hated him. I was uh, the few that loves him because I, I know the potential that he has and that he had because he's been in this Yankee system for a long time now. They've seen him growing into an adult, basically. But, you know, it just wasn't enough. He wasn't producing enough on the offensive end to make up for his lack of defense as a catcher. You know, making all those errors and not getting on the ground for ground balls and, you know, leading to a lot of runs and poor mistakes behind the plate. I, I can understand why the Yankees made the move, but nonetheless, I'm still pretty hurt about it. And the Yankees also parted ways with another player, and that is Luke Voigt, who goes to the San Diego Padres in exchange for a pitching prospect in Justin Lang. And obviously, uh, it was clear that Luke Voigt was going to be our first baseman that wasn't going to be a part of the mix anymore because the, the our targets were Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson, and our third option was going to be Anthony Rizzo, who is who we eventually landed. Uh, after re-signing him, it wasn't going to be Luke Voigt, considering he can't stay healthy anymore. And Luke Voigt isn't as young as I thought he was. He's like 30, bro. He's like 30, 31. So I can understand why the Yankees moved on, and they got a pitching prospect. And if there's something the Yankees need right now, is pitching, because Garrett Cole, after that spider attack scandal, he declined tremendously. And we don't have enough pitchers on the mound to to support him and as well as we want him, want them to. Um, and what's funny about that is that a lot was made about the fact that just Josh Donaldson was the player who first called him out vocally about the spider attack. Then that obviously didn't bode well for um, Garrett Cole, but apparently, uh, you know, Aaron Boone got both players in the room together and they had hashed it out. Now they're on the same page. And that is great because what we don't need more of in New York is controversy and conflict amongst the players. So Josh Donaldson is now a Yankee, and I probably would have been way more excited about this five, seven years ago when he was an MVP. But for now, I want to do, I guess, a player who I wanted to see go actually was going to be Glaber Torres, who is the only player we seem to have kept. And this addition of... Isaiah Kiner-Falefa seems to be somewhat promising in that aspect. They're both shortstops, and Isaiah is a much better contact hitter. Hopefully that means Glaber Torres is going to be on the trading block sometime soon. Maybe the Yankees aren't done yet. That's my biggest hope, but that remains to be seen. So from the Yankees, we move on to the Mets because the Mets have also been making moves, and the most clear of which is obviously Max Scherzer. And bringing some heavy, heavy hitters on the mound for us as well with Chris Bassett being our third option. And that is definitely one of the best three-pitcher rotations in the league. It's something to be excited for. And let's not forget, Taiwan Walker is also on this team. 
an all-star last year. Yeah, he did decline after the the Grom got hurt, but so did the rest of the team. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. Hopefully he can bounce back with a positive season. And Carrasco did not convince me at all last season, but um, hopefully in his second or third season with the Mets, I'm not sure which one it is. He makes up for that. Um, Let's not forget that Pete Alonso is on this team. Robinson Cano is coming back from his suspension after, you know, doing PEDs, which I, I, I still don't understand at this stage in his career why he would do that again. But that's neither here nor there. He's back with the team. He was very apologetic the other day talking to the media. So hopefully he's learned his lesson and is ready to be productive with the team. And Eduardo Escobar is giving a new season, new team. That's something to look forward to, along with uh, Mark Canna. Canna, Canna. I'm not sure how to say that who's going to play right field most likely. That's going to be good because apparently he's a good glove back there. But there's still uh, questions to be solved. And what's going to happen with Conforto, who is still not re-signed yet, J.D. Davis and Don Smith, what McNeil, his uh, future with the Mets, that was in question at one point as well. What is going to happen with them? My biggest concern right now is the bullpen. Because if it weren't for... The- if it wasn't for the Phillies, we'd probably have the worst bullpen in the league last year. And what's even more frustrating about that is that the Phillies have actually made moves to strengthen their bullpen. One of them was actually our former player, Juris Familia, who is now a Philly. And they got Brad Hand as well. We don't know what version of Brad Hand they got, but they did get him. So uh, the Phillies are going to be a big competitor in the NL, especially with the big signing they did yesterday with Nick Castellano signing a five-year, $100 million deal with them, along with Kyle Schwarber, who they picked up very soon in the free agency. So the Phillies might actually be a big competitor for us, the New York Mets, and not forgetting about the reigning World Series champions, the Atlanta Braves, who just got Matt Olson. So it's going to be more difficult than ever to, to be competitive in that league. But they don't have Max Scherzer, and they do not have Jacob DeGrom, nor do they have Chris Bassett. So right now, the pitching rotation is looking good for the Mets. It's just a matter of getting bats on the ball and getting the team on the same page, not having that big drop-off that they had last season, and this could be a very promising season. But with that being said, both New York teams may not be done just yet. There's still uh, some free agents on the block. There's still hitters that I think the Yankees need, and there's still pitching that I think the Mets need. So whatever may may or may not happen, you know who's going to be here to break it down. It is me. Maybe Chris will be here on the next episode as well. But until then, I thank you for tuning in. Again, I'm going to leave that timestamp in the description so that you can find whatever you want to listen to. But for now, that is it for today's episode. From me to you, thank you. Goodbye.